This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. I guess it's week 12 and a half or technically week 13. We obviously um, are very 2020 here in the NFL in terms of games being played and when they're played and how they're played. But we are still playing football. Um, we're getting closer to the playoffs. And I, Jason Lockenfor, am joined as always by my buddy Brian Baldinger. Baldy is the man. You know his breakdowns on TV on Twitter, and obviously here on Baldy's Breakdowns. As always, you can find both of us at Twitter, me at Jason Lockenford, just like it sounds, I promise, and very simply at Baldy NFL, a, a lot easier handle. And you can always find us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, radio.com app, wherever you get your podcast goodness. Please subscribe, rate, and review all of the above. Um Baldy, we're, 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 we're inching a little closer into the nitty-gritty. We're, we're, we're starting to find teams and players who are getting it done when it matters most, uh, some teams that are clicking, some units and individuals who look like they're starting to fall by the wayside. And as always, at the end of the podcast, we'll spin it forward with um, previewing some of the games this week. But uh, we're past Thanksgiving, brother. We're still playing we're past football games, by and large. <laughs> we're past Thanksgiving. There's been a few frosts on the pumpkin. Um, you know, we're, we've turned the calendar into December. And so this is the official stretch run. We, we don't know yet, Jason, if there's still an undefeated team out there. Pittsburgh-Baltimore has yet to be played. Uh, it is an ongoing fluid situation here as we record this. On Wednesday morning, scheduled to play this afternoon on NBC at around 3.40, Jason. Uh, I don't really want to get any further into it. You're on top of the story. Uh, it, it, it is it is changing. We So we, we'll just leave it at that right now, that Pittsburgh remains undefeated, but yet uh, has not finished their Week 12 game with their division rival, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and we, we can obviously address that situation a little more next week when there's uh, hopefully by next Wednesday a whole lot more clarity on how that game originally scheduled for Thanksgiving actually went down. But but we, we certainly, um, as always, have some kudos to hand around here early uh, as we kick off the pod. What caught your eye, people doing uh, excelling and shining on the field. I, I think we, we can't bury the lead here. Um, what the Kansas City Chiefs did, particularly in the first quarter, to really kind of set the tone 
for that game with Tyreek Hill having something like 207 yards in the first quarter alone. Patrick Mahomes ends up throwing for 462. If not for a couple of bog downs late in drives, I think he throws for 500 easily. It's kind of shocking, Baldy, that they didn't throw up a 40-burger on that one. It was a little closer than you'd think for all the yardage. But I don't know about you. I, I never really felt like the Bucks were going to come back or keep pace with the Chiefs. The Chiefs have that other gear that they can hit seemingly whenever they want. Well, you know, I mean, everybody wants to do their power rankings and who's the team. And when you watch Patrick Mahomes throw the ball to Tyreek Hill. Oh, by the way, you know, Travis Kelsey was targeted eight times, caught all eight passes. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, Tyreek was the story. And look, I mean, Carlton Davis is a, is a good player. He's probably going to be in the Pro Bowl. It doesn't make a difference. And so when you look at your power rankings, you say, okay, uh, let's go through December. Like, who can really match up with Patrick Mahomes in the offense of the Kansas City Chiefs? When I watched the game, I said, can somebody just hire Eric Bieniemy now? Like, just hire – like, the, he can finish out the season, but just make him your head coach. I mean, any part and, – and, I mean, I don't pretend to understand exactly Andy Reid, you know, Mike Kafka, Eric Bieniemy's role in all of this, but who wouldn't want – and, and there's only one Patrick Mahomes. But who wouldn't want the ability just to see things as quickly as Mahomes does to a receiver like, you know, you know, like Tyreek Hill? I mean, the, the ball's coming out of your hands. In, I mean, you don't need an offensive line. The ball's getting out so fast. The reads are so quick that, it, it like, really, Todd Bowles and the Bucks they never had a chance. And so they just do things and see things by formations, motion, quicker than anybody else right now. And that's it's just one of those matchups where you go, man, I mean, Tampa Bay, they, what, what else can they do? And then on the other side, Steve Spagnola is blitzing Tom Brady on every third down to start the game. And, you know, next thing you know, they're punting. And they punted the first four times again that they had the ball. You fall, you fall down 17 nothing to the Chiefs. I mean, it is really over. I mean, I know th what the final score was, but you play from a 17 nothing deficit to the Chiefs. It's not like they never stop attacking anyways. It's not like they sit on a lead. They never stop attacking. So I thought that was a signature game for the Chiefs and for the Bucks again, where you go, is this a good fit? Is Tom Brady a good fit in this offense? Because as much as Tom Brady can stone face you, and make it look like, you know, it, uh, we got to get better, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it just doesn't look like a good fit to me. No. He, 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 come on. He, he knows the deal there. He knows the way they game planned and adjusted and shape shifted, not just from week to week, Baldy, but from quarter to quarter in New England, where, hey, we thought this was the game plan. It's not. We're going to chuck it and reinvent ourselves on the fly. That ain't BA at this stage. Of, I don't think it was ever BA. It's certainly not Bruce Arians. At this stage of his career, you know, I, I talked to a lot of advanced scouts. They're like, that's not really a game plan team. They're going to go do what they do. They're going to run their three verts all over the place. They're going to hit on some. They're not going to hit on some. And then they're going to go back to the drawing board and try it again. He doesn't have the third down back who can win for him in space. You go all the way back to early in his career, Kevin Falk. I think Kevin Falk is still fifth or sixth all time in most career receptions from Tom Brady. He doesn't have the woodhead. He doesn't have... uh 
the even the Burkhead or the James White. They don't throw screens. He's thrown more balls 20 yards in the air, 30 yards in the air than any quarterback in the NFL. When he throws the running backs, they average 2.3 yards per attempt. There's there, there's no burst there. The offensive line doesn't look quite as airtight as it did early in the year. And they don't really try to design their way out of things. I, I Boy, Baldy, this is it. They either hit the reset button and run some Brady stuff coming out of this bye, or I think they're in real trouble. Well, I just don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, on third, I just don't think throwing a go route to Mike Evans on third and three is a good play. You know, I mean, and when we saw it, we saw it again and again. And at some point, you've got to marry the 20 years of football in Tom Brady's head with what Bruce Arians has, you know, basically always done. And there's a place for the vertical passing game. I don't know that this is the best quarterback. I mean, he's the low, one of the lowest-rated quarterbacks, in, you know, in the deep passing game right now. There is in the league. He's at the very bottom, and so even with the elite, and really, you look at what Antonio Brown's role has become. He doesn't even look like him. I mean, there's, he's not like Antonio Brown was one of the, and still is, I guess. But you would never know it. One of the great route runners that this league has seen. I haven't seen him run a great route yet. Like where he's really double moving them, you know. I mean, all the different things he can do to separate. I haven't seen any of it, so it doesn't look like it's working out. There's still December to play, but when you start projecting to the postseason, and you file down seventeen nothing the postseason, I don't care who you are. Like you, you play from behind against a good defense, um, you know, a team that just never stops attacking. I mean, you're going to get eliminated right away. Well, Baldy, uh, a team that that has gone from one that you go back to Baltimore a couple weeks back going into the fourth quarter, and it looks like the Tennessee Titans is the last stand at the OK Corral. They rally to win that game. They punched the Colts in the face from the start from the opening snap, really, at least through the third quarter when the game stopped really being in doubt. Uh, Derrick Henry in that fourth quarter against Baltimore had the 24 yard run, had the 29 yard overtime run to put that game away. He comes into the Colts game, first half, 17 carries, 140 yards, three touchdowns, game over. I will point out, though, Baltimore, no Clays Campbell, no Brandon Williams. The Colts, no DeForest Buckner, no Danico Altry. Sometimes it's not just who you play, it's when when you play them. No doubt. You know, how much, how do you suss this out? Like, do, it, do it, we... You, you know, you you really can't project if Clayus is in there along with Brandon Williams. Can he run like he did? And, you know, if DeForest is in there, the only game he's missed all year, they don't look like the same defense. And, you know, the Titans line up David Quisenberry at left tackle. You know, I mean, the cancer survivor and makes it, it's a great story. And, you know, I mean, out of the league, um, you know, just in cancer rehabilitation and, you know, client trying to get a clean, it makes his first NFL start. And you wouldn't know if it's Taylor Lewan or David Quisenberry in there, you know, and, you know, he had 140 yards and three touchdowns before, you know, any player had an orange slice at halftime. You know, I mean, it was like, I, I mean, it was, he, I haven't seen a, a running back play a game in the first half like that. And, you know, you, he is different because you can't get to his body. Um, he doesn't let you get to his body. He's just unique. <clears throat> He's Brandon Jacobs with great speed. So, uh, you know, they're going to get tested this week. It's going to be a fun game. We'll get to it, you know, with Cleveland this week. But, you know, 
when they can run the ball like that, it sort of def- it, it hides all their deficiencies. And they have considerable deficiencies in defense. They haven't been great. They don't rush the passer well. Um, you can make a case that Ryan Tannehill is still an elite quarterback, but, you know, let him play from behind and we'll see. He looks great when you can hand it off, play action pass, get to find reads. And so it's just one of those teams that is eight and three. It's a great record. They're going to go to the postseason. They probably win the North, the AFC North, probably. But yet, you know, you, like you said, you play these teams when they're just not at full strength and the record looks a lot shinier than it might really be. Well, you mentioned the Browns, and they've got that uh, two-headed monster attack there uh, with with Hunt and and with Chubb. And since Chubb's come back from IR, uh, he hasn't missed a beat. He's picked up right where he left off. Kevin Stefanski understands who that team is, what they do well, what they don't do well. Um, the offensive line is is intact and healthy. Teller's a beast. I will say this though, Baldy, about that game. That game should have been over at halftime if Baker Mayfield's an, even an, an average, you know, NFL quarterback from an accuracy standpoint. I I just wonder, and I think it's a great story. I think Stefanski will deserve kudos and, and accolades, and 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 he should be in the conversation for coach of the year if they keep finding ways to win games because they never find ways to win games. And that rushing attack, no one's going to stop it. People may slow it down from time to time. But I watch some of the misses by Baker in the end zone. I watch him miss a wide open running back on third and short, and then they get stopped on fourth and one, and then the Jags score. And now it's like, damn, they might blow this game. I, I just, I don't know that this is going to fly in January because I think the quarterback, unless you boot him out, only let him read half the field, give him high, low, intermediate, and then tell him throw it away if it's not there. I kind of feel like that's still who he is. In, in the pocket, Baldy, I, I have reservations. Yeah, I, I look, I saw the same throws. But, you know, the strength of this team uh, is the offensive line. I nicknamed them the union. Like, they look like union workers. You know, united in how they play together and how they cover, you know, mistakes or errors up with one another. You never know. Uh, union in that they wear hard hats and they do the dirty work. Union in that um, you, you really got to pay a price to, to join that club. They're, they're special. They're the best I've seen in the league right now uh, at everything, protecting Baker, opening up the holes for Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. Um, they're, they're really a great, great group. And, and, you know, they're coached by Bill Callahan, who could be, you know, the assistant coach of the year uh, again. Um, and so, yes, they, they have to play like that because Baker just has not found – he just hasn't found his touch that I think he once had his rookie year. That seems to have completely gone. Um, thank goodness for Jarvis Landry making some great catches and getting some great play-action reads. Uh, if the running game gets shut down and Baker doesn't get that luxury of play-action, um, they, they could be they, they could get crushed. Because defensively, they still have a lot of holes. But when you can just <clears throat> chew up long, long chunks of the clock uh, with the way that they can play and run the ball, it just hides all their deficiencies, including the quarterbacks. And so it's a great, it, you know, it, it's a good story. Uh, it, it, the, there's a lot of chapters yet to be written on this story. But for right now, what Stefanski is doing for that organization, I don't know how many other coaches could do what he's doing right now. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I think he's got to be in the conversation for coach of the year. And um, we'll see. I, I mean, they've got a big game with Baltimore in a few weeks and uh, they win that one. And it really will, will pretty much cement them going to the postseason. Another uh, group of, of dudes getting it done. Uh, in the trenches, the New York football Giants. It was an ugly win against the Bengals, but it was a win. Dan, Danny Dimes goes down with a hamstring injury that I, I believe will probably keep him out of at least a game from from what I've heard. Uh, but you uh, you have some some thoughts and observations about uh, well, what's going they, on they there. Change, they made the change. Mark Colombo, and they relieved him of his duties. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different stories floating about, around about how this whole thing, you know, happened. Googs. Uh, the new offense line coach has been around the league. He's, he's been fired from a lot of jobs, but, you know, I've seen him do some some good work in places. But they they have really – it's really an amazing – it's just an amazing work in progress watching the Giants' offensive line look complete – like the first three weeks of December, of September, it was ugly. And, and you go, they're never going to get this right. I mean, Eli suffered through it for the last eight years of his career, and Daniel Jones, we're never going to find out – and now you watch them uh, in the final week of November and in the couple of weeks before that. And I know it's I know it's Cincinnati, but they 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 just function as a group right now. And in in a COVID world where it's just hard to get anything done, um, you know your meetings are on Zoom and you're not on the field as much as you like. Blah blah blah. Like you watch this group grow up and really play and and really get better as a group, including the tight ends. And you go, I'll be darn like, this is something else. And you watch the defense and you go, okay, uh, Logan Ryan's is a safety. Who knew, you know, um, James Bradbury, it can flat out play. Isaac Yadam was in Denver. He's locked. You watch the front, the linebackers, you know, they, it's, it's unbelievable how they have played together as a group. And Joe judge, I call him Father Judge. Uh, you know, like I like I I genuflect to Father Judge and what he's doing up there and the way that he's getting this done. And look, they go to Seattle. It's two first place teams this week. We'll get to it, but I'm just I'm just amazed at how well they have come together, including three rookies on the offensive line that play in pieces. Um, it, it's really something to see. Well, Baldy, you touched on some defense there, so let's let's uh, switch over and highlight some of the uh, the standout defensive performances uh, that that caught your eye. Uh, we we had um, kind of a strange one there with the 49ers and Rams. They traded blows at times. Um, San Francisco ends up getting the win. We saw a couple of of defensive linemen really stand out. Big Javon Kinlaw burst onto the national scene with a big man touchdown. Um, he's been asked to do a lot to try to replace DeForest Buckner. They obviously lost some of their edge rushers. That's been difficult, but Kinlaw seems to be coming into his own. And then obviously you got number 99 on the other side who just pretty much wrecks stuff every week. Kinlaw was, you know, I mean, he was a difference in the game. Um, Kerry Hyder, like everywhere he ever goes, he just plays harder than anybody else in the field. And it shows in getting Richard Sherman back. I mean, really the defense – carried that game and, and won the game for the 49ers. He kept them, you know, in a hunt, you know, as, as they get healthier, uh, if Garoppolo can return to health, if the tight end Kittles can, you know, get back to health, um, it could really be something to see. Uh, they're not dead yet, but Aaron Donald, what he did, um, you know, I mean, he, 
it's not every week. Every week he can't, you know, uh, force an interception for a touchdown, force a fumble for a touchdown. Now, he can't always do that. But he did everything he could. Uh, it was as impressive a performance by a defensive lineman as we've seen this year. We've seen it from him before. Uh, he did everything he could to give the Rams, you know, a chance. And, you know, the quarterback just couldn't hang on to the football enough. And, uh, and so, look, the 49ers have the Rams number. Rams have lost twice to them, you know, in six weeks here. And it gets the 49ers back in the game. But the performances by those defensive linemen, uh, those are game-changing type plays that we saw. Absolutely. Um, uh, another game that that maybe wasn't, from an offensive standpoint for sure, the most aesthetically pleasing in the world, but for the Miami Dolphins, it's a it's a big W anyway. They, that was a real kind of slog in the mud against the Jets. Um, I don't know if the Dolphins are going to look at that film by and large and say um, we're where we want to be, but we saw that secondary standout again. Uh, Xavier Howard is an interception machine. Um, he's got Seven on the year, 19 and 51 career games. They obviously threw a lot of money Byron Jones's way to try to have him be the lockdown guy on, on the other side. Um, I know that Brian Flores has some stuff to sort through right now, but the least of his concerns, Baldy, um, is his cornerback well, duo. Well, you know, the thing is, is that, and this is, you know, as we get further into these podcasts, Jason, we start looking at the coaching searches and who you're going to hire and why you're going to hire them and, you know, the one thing about Brian Flores is he's got, a, just like Belichick, um, he's got a clear vision of how he wants to play defense. And it starts with two guys that can lock down on the outside. That's where it starts. That's the foundation. Pass rushers, yeah, Manny Ogba's got nine sacks. I mean, you know, you, you, can, you can figure out your pass rush because it's not about sacks. It's about pressure, you know, and – and, and what pressure does to other teams, quarterbacks, and to offenses. But it starts when you can take really the, the Jets, the bright spot had been the, the, the development of Denzel Mims and Brashad Perriman. And those two corners just took them out of the game. And as soon as they basically got eliminated, um, the quarterback just struggled like crazy. Sam Darnold. Like he starts seeing ghosts, he, he threw one right to the other, you know, right to the Dolphins. Um, but really, Xavier Howard, he's as good as there is in this league right now from reading routes, from not letting you get off the line of scrimmage to just sticking right to you and then just being able to play the ball in the air. Darrell Reeves used to tell me all the time that there's, there's three phases that a corner has to win at. He has to win at the line of scrimmage. He has to win on the stem. That means in the route and then win when the ball's in the air. And Xavier Howard does all of those things. Byron Jones does them all as well. He just doesn't intercept the ball the way Howard does. But he can do everything else, and he's really smart, and he tackles well, and he lines up and plays every snap. He doesn't miss games. And so when you look at the Dolphins' defense and all the things that they do, and they do a lot, it starts right there. And that's a credit to Brian Flores saying, this is how I want to play. These are the guys I need. And so if I have to overpay for Byron Jones, by golly, let's overpay and we'll figure it out someplace else. But that's where the foundation of my defense starts. Yeah, and if they do get in the postseason, that, that will obviously be a, a big reason why. Well, we've highlighted a lot of the good, Baldy. Now it's time to talk a little bit about the bad and the ugly. 
I don't know what was uglier, to be honest with you. The Bears attempting to play, you know, run a, a NFL caliber offense um, against the Packers on Sunday night or the slop that the Philadelphia Eagles put on film against Seattle Monday night. But either way, I think it's fair to say Andy Reid disciples, Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson are feeling the heat. Yeah, well, they should because they really, offensively, they can't function. And the quarterback play is is a part is a part of it. It's a big part of it. In Philadelphia, it all starts there. I mean, they, they, they couldn't gain a first down, Jason, until 20 minutes into the game. I mean, we're talking about a defense in Seattle that sometimes struggles just to get lined up correctly. And other teams see it, and they just they, they, they you know they just cut them up. I mean, Carson Wentz couldn't see that. It, and I've talked to um, quarterbacks in this league that have played this game at the highest level, and when they watch it, they they send me their notes. I watch it. I, I create my own, and I said it for two weeks now that they have to sit Carson Wentz. I don't know what Jalen Hurts is, but I know this: the team is not responding to Carson Wentz. And maybe he benefits by sitting for a week and just taking the pressure off because his problems start from the neck up, but then there are other issues. Uh, How he sees the defense, what he's looking at, why he's making decisions he's making. And it's the same thing in Chicago right now. But the offensive line in Chicago, um, it just has not been addressed. They've changed the offensive line coach. but the offensive line, you know, really can't function. And Zadarius and Preston and the guys on Green Bay side had their way with them. And so you could take pretty good defenses on the other side, and it really it, they just get worn down week after week. And to watch Aaron Rodgers just carve up the Bears' defense to the point where he had the answers for the test before every single play. And that's a credit to Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers right now because there's an answer to anything that you de- do defensively. And when they can run the ball like they did, as well as they did the other night, then there's nothing that offense can't do in Green Bay. I mean, I know that when Green Bay is clicking on all cylinders, that that's a tough ask. But that defense, that Bears defense, every time I think I'm about ready to really call it elite, it seems like there's a step back. Now, Akeem Hicks is a special player, but should that thing have fallen apart to that degree without him? Um, it, 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 I mean, if you do, if you just went by the stats, yes, that's what happens when he's in there, not in there, but no, it shouldn't. But, but I, I really credit green Bay. I mean, Khalil Mack is a good football player. He's a great football player. I mean, he was a complete non-factor. In fact, watching like he was dropping in coverage. In fact, him and Robert Quinn were dropping in coverage and Aaron Rodgers was like, are you really going to do this? Like, I don't have to really worry about 52 like breathing down my neck on this play, I can just sit back here and you know and, and take this 39-yard shot to Robert Tunyon because Khalil Mack is covering the curl flat on the other side of the field. I mean, it, you know, I mean there was it was checkers and chess all night long. In terms of the Hurts thing, before we move on, because you've been on this for a couple of weeks, it almost looked to me, Baldy, like they're in a, 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 a not so advantageous field position. He brings the kid in for two plays to say, hey, I brought him in for two plays. Yanks him on third down. 
that almost to me was almost like a troll job. Like if you're going to let the kid play, at least give him all three downs, like give him a series. Like I, I, I almost felt like that. I don't know that that there may have been more to that than meets the eye that, that, that might've been his, you know, the coach's way of kind of pushing back on the pushback and saying, well, there, I did it. It didn't change anything immediately. I, I, I don't know. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, if you're going to play the kid, play the kid. I agree. I, Jason, I'm, I'm with you 100% on this, 100%. Um, he's not, first of all, there's no deception to anything they're doing. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts comes in, makes a pass, six-yard pass. By the way, it was the longest game that they had in the first 15 plays of the game. So, I mean, just that alone. You know, he had completed a pass, like, on timing for six yards. They hadn't done that all game to that point. But, like, if they're trying to protect Carson at this point and worry about bruising his ego, like, forget it. Like, they're at the stage right now where the division is still a winnable division. Like, they're they're playing worse than any team in it. But it's still possible. They they were 5-7 and last year and won their last last four games to win the division. It's still possible. But unless you get better quarterback play, nothing is going to be possible. So, if the reports are that Jalen Hurts took more snaps with the first team offense, if he did, I don't know some of the stuff, Jason. I'm not. I'm not out there investigating. But you know, like he was the 53rd player taken in this draft. I mean, all these rookie quarterbacks are playing. I mean, you, you I can put together an offense of just half field reads if that's what you're worried about, and we we can move the ball. We'll we'll, we'll move the ball. We'll put Jamal Adams in space. We'll make him cover. Like we'll find some weakness, but like that—that's not helping him. It's not helping the team um, in any way. So I, I don't understand the purpose. One more team that that I, I wanted to hit on that we—I at least think—are maybe a little bit in crisis before we look particular at a couple of these games. Wasn't that long ago, Baldy, that you and I sat here and had a lot of fun um, debating, and we agreed. Who made the more spectacular play? Kyler's throw in the, yeah. um, you know, Murray yeah. Mary, Mary or whatever we called it. Yeah. The or, or, or the Hail Murray, right. Or uh, Nuke high pointing the ball. Um, I don't think they're looking at that film there uh, right now. They, they look to me, Baldy, like a team that as the stage has gotten a little bigger and the expectations have gotten a little higher. I don't know if it's a crisis of confidence, but. I thought they'd be running the quarterback by design more than they are. I worry about their offensive identity right now. Um, and defensively, you lose a guy like Chandler Jones, and, and and now you're not two weeks into it or four weeks into it. You're going on three months into it. I just think that that's going to show up. I That division is so helter-skelter. Where are you on the Cardinals right now? Well, I, was, I credit the, the Patriots. Because a lot of teams will, you know, when you have a guy like Kyler Murray, um, who is such a great athlete, but when you can just corral him the way that the Patriots did, everybody wants to say, well, keep him in the pocket, make him beat you from the pocket. Well, they say that, and then he he gets out of the pocket, and they don't. This was the first game all year, Jason, where he didn't throw for a touchdown or run for a touchdown in a game. And they truly – made him stay in the pocket. And it was interesting because they took their athletes like Chase Winovich and Josh Uche and John Simon, a bunch of different guys. They literally didn't rush them to try to sack them. They rushed them just to force them to stay in the pocket over and over again. And 
And, and when he did, he, he just made Aaron throws. He just wasn't very good. And so the, you, I think the Rams, you know, will look at some of that. I mean, the Patriots are the Patriots. are very disciplined when they take that approach. But he, he ran for 31 yards. He had one 16-yard run uh, outside the pocket. And other than that, he was completely ineffective. And, you know, he couldn't get the ball to, to nuke at all. And, you know, they, they got in his passing lanes. They were jumping in his face. Uh, they blitzed him. They played three safeties the whole game. In some cases, they had four safeties on the field. And they had better athletes out there and guys with more speed. And you watch him, you go, man, can any other team duplicate this? Well, the Rams certainly have that capability. So it'll be interesting to see if Brandon Staley takes some sort of page from the Patriots. And not to he's going to run the Patriots defense because that would be silly. But in, in, in certain situations, this is how we're going to defend Kyler Murray. And I'm, I'm really anxious to watch this game and to see if there's pieces of what the Patriots did that the Rams copied. Well, and, and I wonder if there's some things the Cardinals can do that the 49ers did because, you know, Jared Goff is another guy who I mentioned the word confidence. He's someone who at various points in any given season, I kind of look at and say, what's McVay going to do to build him back up now? And Sean called him out a little bit, which is which is rare. So that the timing of this game is interesting because one of these young quarterbacks is, you know, going to have to answer the bell. And, and the one that does is probably going to persevere. That, that's certainly an interesting game. Um, let's let's go to the 49ers and Bills. I don't know if the 49ers can keep this up, Baldy. It's against the odds. They've had so many injuries. Now they got to pick up shop and move to Arizona. And, you know, they're going to be playing home games and home, and having home, in air quotes, practices in Arizona. Maybe that brings out the best in them. And, and, and maybe that us against the world stuff works. Um, the Bills found another way to win last week. Wasn't particularly pretty against the Chargers either. Um, what are your thoughts on Buffalo and, uh, well, the and the Arizona 49ers, I guess I call it. Well, the 49ers are getting healthier. So <clears throat> there was a big drop-off if Raheem Mostert is starting or not playing. You know, he made a difference last week. They got Debo Samuel back. He's just – he is a big-time running back at wide receiver. Uh, I mean, he just trucks people. And he, he, he'd he be like, you know, a, w- winning contact battles the way Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb do. I mean, that's how he runs the ball with it in his hands. And so getting Mostert, Jeffrey Wilson back at running back made a difference. Getting Debo back made a difference. They're eventually going to get Garoppolo back, which could make a difference. Maybe it'll be this week. Um, Kittle will be back. And so they're getting back, um, you know, and then defensively getting Sherman back. And when you put Jason Brett and Richard Sherman on the corners, your defense gets a lot better. And there were weeks when neither one of those guys were on the field. You know, and Richard Sherman hadn't played since week one or week two, I guess. So, um, you know, that makes a big difference defensively of what they do. And so I think this is going to, and you know, look, it, there is a, um, you know, I mean, this this whole season has been disruptive. So going to Arizona, I don't know if that's going to make it more disruptive or not. In some cases, staying in the hotel makes it easier, Jason, to, to, to have your meetings and control everybody and, you know, uh, do all the protocols that you got to do right now. It's, it almost makes it easier to actually work and concentrate on what you're trying to get done. So, I mean, it might actually work to their benefit, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait to be, you know, that will remain to be seen. But I think 49ers are going to give Buffalo everything they can handle because I think 
you know, just getting a couple of those pieces back, Mostert and Debo, and to see the offensive line play really well last week, I think that's the start of, you know, the 49ers looking a little bit like they did for much of last year. And we'll stay in the uh, NFC West. We've got the Seahawks, who who now you could look at the schedule and say there's there's a path for them to win that division and a path for them maybe to be um, the top seed in the NFC. They host the Giants. Uh, I, I don't – I think this is going to be a Colt-McCoy game. Um, you got the – Two first place teams. Somebody's got to win the NFC least. Uh, Jamal Adams, you know, obviously made an impact against a a limited Eagles passing game. I don't think if it is Colt McCoy in particular, the Giants are going to be, you know, trying to uh, mimic the Air Coriel Chargers with what they do with the football. Um, do, do you do you like Seattle in this one, Baldy? I do like Seattle in this game. Uh, I would I would actually give the Giants a fighting chance. Uh, if Daniel Jones was healthy. I mean, he is the highest rated deep ball passer in the league. And he hit he hit on three of them last week. Um, I mean, beautiful throws. And you go, is that true? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, from a percentage standpoint, yardage, quarterback rating, every measure that's out there, he's the best. And <clears throat> Darius Slayton is a deep ball. You know, I mean, I just don't see Colt McCoy playing like that. And he didn't. I mean, he was rusty, did not play particularly well. Uh, the other day, maybe a week's practice, you know, helps him out. But I don't think that Colt McCoy gives him what Daniel Jones gives him in the run game, what he could give him in the deep passing game. And that's where, where you really have to, you know, you need the big plays against Seattle. They're there to be made uh, against that defense. They have struggled for much of the year defending the deep balls and the big plays. And I just don't see Colt McCoy being able to do that. Um, I do – I think it is going to be a fun matchup. I mean, one thing, you know, DK Metcalf has the ability, as we saw on Monday night, Jason, to just simply take over a game. We have seen it on occasion, and there's not many receivers that can do that. But he physically can. Now, on Monday night, Darius Slayton, or Darius Slate lined up against him. And, and even Slay said that it was the worst game he ever played. But Metcalf can make you look like that. Um, the one thing about the Giants – is Bradbury is a really good corner. Isaac Yadam has played well on the other side. They don't travel their corners. They just line up and play. Um, this Darnay Holmes is their slot defender. He has played really well in there, the, the fourth-round pick from UCLA. But they move Metcalf around um, to every position. So everybody will get a chance to see and feel the power and the speed and the strength of Metcalf. But it, we have seen that if, if somehow – you want to take Metcalf away? Russell Wilson has no problem throwing 15 times to, to Tyler Lockett. And so I, th- I think, you know, and I think the Giants' defensive line is really good, and they will give Seattle all they can handle. So it just comes down to the heroics of Russell Wilson and what he's able to do um, when their offense line, you know, crumbles or gets beat. Well, Baldy, um, we all are keeping our fingers and toes and everything else crossed that that the league and the teams um, can can continue to uh, mitigate the, the the spread of COVID and, and get us through um, these games up here in, in, in week 13. Um, I'll be watching. You'll be watching. America will be watching. And uh, by the time we reconvene next Wednesday, we, we may actually have a Raven Steelers game to, yeah. to to comment on uh, the results of what we, we we saw. Although I have a hard time thinking 
that's going to be a, a, a positive outcome for Baltimore. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to be in Nashville this weekend. I think it's the marquee game of the week with Cleveland and Tennessee. Uh, you know, two of the best runners, two of the best running teams. Yes. Two really, you know, well-coached, disciplined teams. Uh, I, I hope to see some really great football in Nashville this weekend. And, uh, you know, one of those teams is going to, is going to, you know, maybe Tennessee stays in first place and really separates themselves from everybody in the AFC uh, North and then or AFC South and then really becomes a team that you have to pay close attention to when we get to January. Maybe Cleveland wins that game and who knows, maybe they're the team that everybody has to look out for in January. So it's going to be a separation Sunday in Nashville. Yeah. I'm looking forward to watching it. I got a hunch the return of Miles Garrett is going to pay big dividends, Paul. D. I, you know, we're talking about uh, the third. And Quisenberry is an amazing story. Um, but you start going through the churn at tackle that the Titans have. Um, the Colts didn't have. You know, Justin Houston and those guys, nice players. They're, they're, they, haven't, they haven't seen a Miles Garrett during this, this winning streak. And I, I just have a feeling that guy will impact this football game in some significant ways. I feel the same way, Jason. Well, that does it for the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. As always, you can find me at Jason Lock and Four on Twitter or Baldy at Baldy NFL on Twitter. We appreciate you guys listening. As always, please subscribe, comment, rate, review the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast goodness. And look forward to chatting again next Wednesday, brother. Enjoy the games. <laughs>